and uh, welcome. What, welcome to a wonderful day, a wonderful opportunity for us to share together in worship and to uh, praise our God. I'm going to invite you, if you would, to, uh, to stand and uh, join with me in our, our call to worship. God is waiting for us. God is ready for us. God is blessing us. God is sending us. God is here. Amen and amen. Let's sing together. The church is one foundation. Let us bow our hearts together and lift our voices as one as we share in our morning prayer. Holy God, creator of life, you call us out of our dark places, offering us the grace of new life. When we see nothing but hopelessness, you surprise us with the breath of your spirit. Call us out of our complacency and routine. Set us free from our self-imposed bonds and fill us with your spirit of life, compassion, and peace. In the name of Jesus, your anointed one, we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. As we uh, share today in our, in our pegs, 
you know, how we pray, engage, give, and, and serve. These are the foundations of what it is to live out our faith here at, as part of the New Horizon uh, community. Um, what we want to share in today is just a, a prayer and an engagement and a giving towards supporting and caring for our brothers and sisters who have been affected by the horrific war that is in the uh, Ukraine. Um, there are many people who have been hurt and displaced. Our uh, United Methodist Church is already present. You see this banner up here, it says UMCOR. Well, that's United Methodist Committee on Relief. Our denomination always stands ready to respond to those in need. Um, many, many years ago, it seems you know, it was decades ago in another life, uh, I got to work firsthand, hand-to-hand, um, with the uh, United Methodist Committee on Relief in the uh, Hurricane Andrew recovery here in South Florida. And what a blessing it was for me as a South Floridian to have them there and to partner with them in that work. And we know that uh, our that presence is already there where there are folks that are run, literally running from war. We already have a presence in Poland uh, taking care of refugees and, and uh, servicing uh, people there. And uh, so we are present in the midst of the crisis to take care of the, the God's children and their needs. So if you have a special gift, an over and above gift that you want to share um, with the situation in the Ukraine, and we encourage you to do that through UMCOR. You just designate your gift for that, whether you're doing it online or writing a check, just designate it. And know that 100% of the giving goes directly towards caring for people and caring for those needs of those who find themselves in that uh, war-torn crisis. In response to that, let us also engage with our brothers and sisters who are devastated by that war through prayer. And so let us take some uh, quiet moments, some silent moments, to, uh, to pray for that situation in the Ukraine. Lord, hear our prayers.
Good morning. I'm Pastor Lisa. If you'll bow your heads with me and join for this morning's prayer. Gracious God, the journey of Lent comes to us as a gift. It's a reminder to us to slow down, unplug ourselves, and be still and quiet in your presence. Lord, it takes discipline for us to do this. We're addicted to instant access and immediate response. We're so used to being on that we've lost sight of our need for rest, for renewal, and especially for you. So we thank you for the spiritual discipline of Lent. We lay aside our calendars and to-do lists and focus instead on your gifts and blessings. We stop long enough to say thank you instead of rushing around in a hurry and without any thought of appreciation through our day. We acknowledge the work of your grace in our lives and the reality that is anything but cheap. And we wait. We wait expectantly and patiently for you to speak and to make yourself known to us in new and surprising ways. To this we commit ourselves every day and we pray as your son taught us to, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who have trespassed against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Let's stand and sing together. Breathe on me, breath of God.
may be seated. The scripture today is from uh, Paul's letter to the church at Corinth, one of Paul's letters. He evidently had to write a, a few letters to the church at Corinth because the church at Corinth was a little troublesome. Um, and so you can hear a bit of his, uh, his instructive and encouraging, but also a pleading nature of Paul as he writes these words in uh, what we know as 2 Corinthians chapter 5. So then, from this point on, we won't recognize people by human standards, even though we used to know Christ by human standards. That isn't how we know him now. So then, if anyone is in Christ, that person is part of the new creation. The old things have gone away, and look, new things have arrived. All of those new things are from God, who, who reconciled us to himself through Christ, and who gave us the ministry of reconciliation. In other words, God was reconciling the world to himself through Christ. By not counting people's sins against them, he has trusted us with this message of reconciliation. So, we are ambassadors who represent Christ. God is negotiating with you through us. We beg you, beg you as Christ's representatives, be reconciled to God. God caused the one who didn't know sin to be sin for our sake, so that through him we could become the righteousness of God. Amen. Amen. Most holy and precious God, by your power and by your grace, make us right that we might truly be the ambassadors and be righteous on your behalf. Amen. Amen. Reconciliation. You can hear Paul pleading, be reconciled. And often we think of reconciliation as this big, grand, dramatic event that happens in people's lives. There's been this chasm and this separation, and then there's this dramatic thing that brings them back together again. Sort of like, John Adams and, um, and King George. Yeah, I, not that I was there. But, um, uh, but in, in 1776, John Adams used every form of social media he could find to speak against King George. He was, he was angry. He was derogatory. He was making points about him. They, was, and King George returned the favor. He was angry and derogatory right on back, used all of the media of the time, and they couldn't be more opposed to each other. In 1785, King George receives John Adams in England with all the pomp and circumstance of an ambassador from another country. Somehow they had come back together at least to do the international work that was before them, reconciliation. Or maybe you've heard the, the stories of a, of a mom 
whose son is murdered and she forgives the man who murdered her son and not only forgives but builds a relationship in Christ and receives that man now as like a surrogate son for her and they have this relationship that they share together. Or maybe you might think of it in that dramatic moment of... uh, that happened with the Amish in uh, 2006. Remember the school shooting that happened? And the Amish, as ambassadors of Christ, they came with forgiveness and healing and reconciliation for the family of the, of the shooter. They came together. We think of reconciliation as those grand moments, but sometimes reconciliation is just two entities working together for the same purpose. Like when you reconcile your bank statements with your checkbook. Checkbook, bank statement, they're both two entities about the same purpose, but they've got to be reconciled. They've got to come together in order for the work to be done. Be reconciled. You'll be ambassadors. This reconciliation that's working together, you might think of it like a, like, like a symbiotic relationship. You know, that mutual, ben, mutually beneficial symbiotic relationship where they're, they're working together. I know, Rafe, you're using big words now. You know, well, you know, symbiotic. That's on the SAT, right? So symbiotic relationship, you know, of, of working together. But we all learned what that is from Finding Nemo, right? You know, we had to watch it with our kids, grandkids or whatever. The movie came out a number of years back. And, of course, you know, Disney wants to teach the world about what a mutually beneficial symbiotic relationship is. And we see it clearly in nature in the clownfish and the sea anemone. The clownfish, you know, finding Nemo. You know, the, the, the clownfish actually eats and feeds on invertebrates that would damage and eventually kill the sea anemone. And so the sea anemone can only have its life if it has the clownfish there. As a matter of fact, when the clownfish finish eating, what it emits actually fertilizes the sea anemone and gives it more additional growth. The sea anemone only finds new life with the clownfish there. The clownfish is eaten by everything. It's a small little fish. Everything wants to eat it. But the sea anemone has the stinger cells that keep the enemies of the clownfish away. So the clownfish in the sea anemone, which is immune to the stinging, can have new life by laying its eggs and raising its young. So the clownfish can only have new life with the sea anemone. They've got to come together. They've got to work together. Be reconciled. Be reconciled with God. Do you hear Paul? Be reconciled. Work together. Our spiritual life is about this symbiotic relationship the symbiotic relationship where God acts and then we respond with our actions of being ambassadors for God's kingdom. Be reconciled. Be reconciled with God. And it's not just about being being forgiven. We're broken people. Yes, sin and guilt and shame and God forgives. But there's the next step of working together in that relationship, that symbiotic relationship for the kingdom. Our spiritual life is driven every day by the actions in this symbiotic relationship, what God does and then how we react. What God does, God always initiates the activity, 
and then we react. I call it the divine dance. You know, God acts, and then we react. It's sort of like when we take communion, and next Sunday is communion. We'll have one worship service of communion at 10 o'clock. And when we take communion, communion is about the activity of God and Jesus Christ giving himself and offering himself for us. And then we get up and we move around and we go places, you know, in the room. It's, a, it's symbolizing our response. There's this dance that happens. It's all the way through the scriptures. God saw a broken, hurting, enslaved people in bondage in Egypt. And so God sent salvation. God lifted the people and saved the people. The whole Exodus story is about that and saved them and brought them to new life in a new promised land, a land flowing with milk and honey. And so they, they have new life. And do they just live there? No, they now are people of the law. They have the law of God and they become representatives of God and they live differently than every other culture around them because they are ambassadors for the holiness of God and they live it out through that law that God has given them. We are broken and hurting people. And God cares for us by sending his one and only son, Jesus Christ. And we respond with following Jesus on the way and finding that new life, that new hope that comes in living a life following the way of Jesus Christ. God acts, God forgives. We respond and receive the, the reconciliation. And now we are ambassadors living a better life. We are better with God's salvation. And by God's design, God's kingdom needs our response, needs our work as ambassadors. God acts, we respond, respond. there's a symbiotic relationship, and everything is better because of it. Everything is better because of that relationship. It happens right here in our church. New Horizon, United Methodist Church. New Horizon, United Methodist Church gave birth uh, many years ago to a ministry that we now know as Nourishing Lives. But years ago, it was just Pakistan. It was a few teenagers in a youth group at a church who wanted to respond to some needs in their school. And, and those teenagers were only there because of New Horizon. And they were nurtured and cared for and went through confirmation and all of that because of the church of New Horizon. And now they have this, and New Horizon is a mission-minded church. And so their mission was to take care of kids in their school. And so there was a dozen, 20 backpacks with sacks made, with snacks made, you know, years ago. And uh, then the United Methodist Church said, hey, we are calling on all of our United Methodist churches across the state. To, uh, to partner with schools in your community and, uh, and to reach out through the schools and, and become this relationship that works together, maybe even a symbiotic relationship kind of thing. And so we, people in the church, they said, well, there's this school in my area, or I work at this school, or you know, I volunteer over at this school, and all of a sudden there's partnerships where the Pakistan was with one or two schools, and now it's with seven or eight or nine schools, or however many knows, and then it begins to, to expand and expand, and then it becomes not only about the food, it becomes a read, feed, lead. Um, it becomes about developing leadership in high schoolers that are now volunteering and helping to do a lot of the work, and books that go out to help the literacy, uh, particularly uh, during the summer months and such, and, uh, and the feeding happens, and then COVID comes, 
and then COVID comes and uh, the, it expands again and becomes this full feeding ministry, but it only happens because of New Horizon United Methodist Church. The, the, the resources of facility, the, the resources of people, of wisdom, of leadership, of money, of servants, nourishing lives only happens because of New Horizon. But it's a symbiotic relationship. Because you see, the work of the church is to help people discover the love of God, develop as disciples, and deploy as missionaries in the world. And Nourishing Life becomes one of the main mechanisms that we use for the deployment of missionaries and helping people become missionaries in the world. And as Nourishing Lives uh, utilizes and leverages the, uh, the West Campus that we have through the merger a couple of years ago that happened during covid Food and uh, distribution is happening out there, but also people are coming to know Jesus Christ. Isn't that the work of the church? And people are coming to know Jesus Christ. People are being prayed for and, and life shared with. Baptisms have happened in the life of the church because of that. People are coming to join the church. Nourishing lives has become the way that New Horizon is known in the community. The community knows us and has an image of us. We're not just the, the blue roof, the church that looks like an IHOP anymore, but it's the church that, oh, they, they feed people, they take care of people. When, when COVID hit, they were, that was the church that was responding. We, you know, during this, this season, when, when nobody else would, would open their doors to, to scouting troops and other groups, people knew of New Horizon because of Nourishing Lives, and now all those groups are here. It's a symbiotic relationship. Nourishing lives exist and has new life because of New Horizon. New Horizon lives out the new life of what it is to be the church in the post-COVID era because of nourishing lives. Both are better because of the other. Each makes the other the best version of themselves. Be reconciled to God. Be about this work. The work is reconciliation. You know, reconciling the accounts, getting everything together, and working for the same purpose. The work of God's kingdom here. You know, Jesus taught about this also. And Jesus taught about this very clearly in a great story he told in Mark chapter 15, I mean Luke chapter 15. And Jesus tells this story of a man who has two sons. And uh, the younger son, knowing that in their culture, the older son gets most of the inheritance, the younger son just says, hey dad, give me mine now. I'm going to go make my way in the world. I know how to do it. I don't need you. You know, how many of us have heard that from a young adult? You know, I can do it on my own. And dad says, okay, son, let's, you get your lesson here. Dad gives him the money, and dad and son separate. They're no longer together. Son goes off to make his way in the world. Uh, a depression hits. Uh, he's bad with his money. Who knows, maybe even COVID hit, you know, and he loses everything. And he doesn't have anything anymore. And so now he's got a job literally slopping the hogs. And he says, you know, I'm separated from my dad, but I'll just go work for him. So he, the younger son returns to his father, and his father is like, no, 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 no. 
We're going to reconcile. Put on my coat. Put on my shoes. Wear the ring that represents our family so everybody knows that you are now an ambassador of this family once again. Be reconciled. And he throws a party for that son. And they have a party and they have the dancing. You know? And then the older son comes in. The older son's been doing the traditional work of doing what an older son does, working in the family business, business, doing what the father has asked him to do. You know, he's been doing it. And he comes in from the fields and he says, whoa, 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 wait, 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 wait a minute here. You never even gave me a special dinner. And this guy who's blown so much, he gets all of that? What do I get? And the father says, wait a second, um, We've always been working together. We've always had this symbiotic relationship. What are you losing out of this? Be reconciled. Work together. The younger son came back with a sense of humility. And I guarantee you, the day after that party, he's putting on the family clothes and wearing the family ring, and he's going out and doing the work of being an ambassador of the family of being about the family business. The older son, oh, I was entitled to this. I wonder what his next day looked like. Be reconciled. Be reconciled, Paul says. Look, we, we've got to bring our hearts together because God has entrusted with us this work of reconciliation, this work of, of the kingdom. God has chosen us this new creation, this new life that is ours, it is birthed out of reconciliation. And not only are we called to be reconciled, but we are entrusted with that work of reconciliation in our world that obviously, as we can see, has lots of division in it. We are ambassadors of Christ, reconciled, bringing about this and living into this new creation. And we are marked marked by that love that brings about reconciliation. And that reconciliation begins this symbiotic relationship. We need Jesus, right? We are better versions of ourselves and we find life because we have Jesus for God sent his one and only son on our behalf. But the kingdom of God, the kingdom that Jesus Christ inaugurates, it needs ambassadors, and for this we have been chosen. Be reconciled. In this we find life. Amen and amen. Most gracious and holy God, we thank you for your loving work in our lives. May we respond to your love with the work of your kingdom here on earth as you would have it. Amen. Amen. Let us respond uh, by singing of God's love. Let's stand and sing together. Love divine, all love excelling.
Amen. Amen. Be reminded that next Sunday, 10 o'clock, one worship service, we all rally together around the communion table. Go now with the blessing and the assurance that God has sent his one and only son to forgive and to reconcile. Go now in new life, reconciled with God as ambassadors for Christ. Amen. Amen.